podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the post-match point in association with Purity on the Villa View, Aston Villa 1, Manchester City 2. Wonderful 20 seconds, some of the best 20 seconds I've ever had as a Villa fan, but then after that, not sure it was that great. Joined like last night by Max Stokes from Villa on Tour and also the Villa View regular Neil from For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast and Max. I mean, to be fair, the predictions last night were, were, were pretty negative. I think you and Dolan both had us to ship through. We've only lost 2-1, but it does feel like another frustrating game. Yeah, it was. I thought I thought we were okay. It was one of them where different parts of the game we were performing differently. Obviously, what a start. And it was a great goal as well, 20 seconds yeah, it really in. Was. It's really great thinking from Tyro Mings to do that. So it's a ball that we've seen quite a lot, that sort of whipped ball down the line. And Ollie Watkins is always going to run onto those, isn't he? And it's a great goal, the awareness to, to spray it across. And I said yesterday about McGinn getting further forward is what he does. He scores goals when he gets in those positions. So it was a great start, but like the rest of the first half, Man City just controlled it and they were dominant. And there was only really going to be one winner. I thought, look, we were better in the second half, but it was always going to be one winner, like I said. So disappointing one, but I thought we were okay. Yeah, the the annoying thing is a little bit Neil is that we've kind of we've shut ourselves in the foot really because I, I, I can I can let the first goal go, but the second goal was really poor. And then when we've got the 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 like advantage of having a, a man more than them, we shoot ourselves in the foot and go down to ten men as well. And from that point, you just kind of thought there ain't anything going to happen here, and really nothing else happened in the game for us. Yeah, the two goals were poor. Two goals were what? My biggest thing with the two goals is that. Aston Villa have been really good at protecting that D. I've said it, literally, I might as well get a tattoo of it or even put it on my headstone or something when the time comes. But Aston Villa have been really good at protecting the D in front of the in front of the box. That's where they've 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 been really good. Foden ghosts into that position and then just basically he gets he gets into that position and then just moves forward and he's there at the penalty spot to pick up the to, to pick that crossfield ball that comes comes across him for the first goal. Um nobody was really in that position. Uh, second goal then as well. Nobody follows Rodri. Nobody follows Rodri. He just kind of keeps continues walking on through the defence, and nobody follows him. And some people on Twitter were saying Tyrone Mings should get out there and get the header in there. And in fairness, the commentator was actually correct. That that like does Martinez really need to come for that? I suppose that that's that instance. I I don't think he does. But you know, if somebody just checks Rodri's run, there's no penalty given, obviously, in that instance. But but if, my my thing there is that. I think when I look back at this game tomorrow, I think I'm going to have a very low grade on somebody like Na- and Marvellous Nakamba. Just I think his positioning was poor uh, tonight. And I think that there was confusion between himself and Douglas Luiz um, on who was actually supposed to be picking up that central position of protect that D in front of in front of our penalty area. And uh, look, it, it wasn't too often tonight that there wasn't somebody there. But the two times that there wasn't somebody there was, you know, the two times that they scored. So it's I think it's I think it's a... It's a familiar gripe that we have that the two times we switch off and don't uh, come to the pitch of a defensive uh, situation are the two times that we concede because I know they got a lot of the ball and they had a lot of chances and made, they had a couple of shots and Martinez made a couple of good saves. But while they had loads of the ball and they were attacking us an awful lot, you know, we were we were keeping them ahead of us quite a bit, you know, in front of us and we're letting them pass the ball around and it looked very, very pretty. But, uh, you know, they got their two goals and... And say la vie, we couldn't really push on after that because 
we only had a numerical advantage for 13 minutes. You know, what yeah, can you do after that? Yeah, I mean, Max, obviously, none of us are neutrals here, but the, the best thing about that game by far was, was Phil Foden. He was mm. absolutely outrageous how, how good he was. Probably not even playing at his best tonight, but he absolutely ran rings around us, and he was just the best player on the park by country mile, wasn't he? And sometimes as an opposition... You have to just take take your hat off and say, yeah, he was really good tonight. I, I really enjoyed watching him. I thought he was incredible. Yeah, I think he's class. And I think we saw pictures on Sky, didn't we, of Jack sat in the stands and he must be thinking, oh, God, I've got worrying about getting back into that England side as well with Jesse Lingard doing down, uh, doing well at West Ham as well. Because, Fo- yeah, like I said, Foden was absolutely class tonight. And for the first goal as well, he just picks up the ball and his first thought is just drive at the defence. And he just he's so young as well. He just plays with such freedom. It's, it's so, so good to watch. And I think he's got to be a shoe-in for this, this England starting 11 in the summer. Um, but yeah, he's so good. And there's a clip of him, isn't there, when uh, that does the rounds on Twitter sometimes of him playing on the streets um, with his mates. And he just plays like that ah. on the pitch as well. He just plays like that with like so much confidence. And uh, he's a joy to watch. And he was one of the reasons why um, they were so good tonight at Man City. But yeah, he's, he's a great player, Phil Folding. Yeah, I mean, I've got the situation where there's not many footballers playing professionally that are that are uh, older than me nowadays. You're the opposite. Foda's probably one of the only ones that's younger than you, and he's just absolutely smashing it. Absolutely incredible player, as I say, and a joy to watch tonight. Neil, let's go back to the start then. Villa, 20 seconds in, looking like the best team in the world. A really well-constructed goal, and as Max said, great to see him again in the box. It, it felt like taking that set piece quickly was something that was really well rehearsed and something we drilled in training because Matty Targi, I don't know whether you've seen it back, he actually kind of moves the Man City player out of the way so that Mings can mm. ping the ball the way he did. And then Watkins is always a threat stretching defences. Stones had a bit of a nightmare all night. It was a great ball across. And actually, I think McGinn not catching it cleanly helps him get it in the back of the net. Yeah, the, my my MO before the game was that I thought that Villa needed to get the ball down the side of John Stones in particular. Um it's it's something that he struggles with is turning around for full back and I think this is one of the biggest reasons probably why he was cha- he was converted from a full back into a centre half. Sorry, my hair is in is in the way. I'm it's getting a bit floppy, a bit Garrett Barry from nineteen ninety five floppy style fringe at the moment. But um, yeah, so I think that's one of the reasons why maybe he was converted from a full back into into a centre half is because he's not very comfortable turning and turning uh, around. Um, but Look, that ball is beautiful the way it goes down. Watkins comes across him. He has a lot of decisions to make in that instance. And the one that he doesn't, the decision he doesn't take is to put it into the stands. And Watkins gets the ball off him and 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 lays it across the box to, to McGinn. But as you say, I don't know. I, I You said that he kind of doesn't catch it cleanly. I don't know. I didn't get that from the from the shot itself. But, you know, Ederson was completely caught cold as well. I didn't think the shot was excellent from McGinn either. But look, they go in and uh, and yeah. and look. It's it's just one of these things where, boy, I think everybody's wondering what the hell has happened, goalkeeper included, you know. So it's um, you can catch any team cold, you know, in that aspect. And and Villa absolutely did. And you know, I just kind of really wish that maybe, I I I wish that, you know, that things kind of went a small bit better for a small bit longer, if that makes sense. And I know everybody's going to say, well, of course you wish they went better for a small bit longer. How about for another 89 minutes and 40 seconds? That would have been great if they went better for that period of time. But uh, there was a, it became very inevitable very quickly that, that Man City were going to score, I think, uh, directly mm-hmm. after that goal. And, and, and I'm usually the beacon of positivity. And I don't think it was a player problem. I don't think it was a Dean Smith problem. I don't think it was a setup problem. I just think Man City came to play football in that first half. And uh, they probably would have gone on to play even better football in the second half when they went down to 10 men. 
And it was a case of bring on Emmerich Laporte and, and kind of just see if Aston Villa can come back and equalise. And unfortunately, we couldn't. Yeah, we went 1-0 up and then the old, the old uh, the graphic pops up on the Sky Sports screen saying <laughs> points points lost from winning positions at, at home this season, Aston Villa zero. And you think, hmm, I don't think that's going to that's gonna stay like that tonight. And to be fair, I thought actually we, we were quite positive after we scored for maybe, maybe five minutes. You kind of felt like Villa Villa were pushing forward and felt like they could they could scare Man City. But then it fell into the familiar pattern like Man City games often do, Max, of them just absolutely running riot, keep keeping the ball. You, they're on a different planet to us, aren't they? There's, sometimes there's just nothing you can do about it. Villa could have done stuff better. Perhaps we were a little bit passive, but all in all, most teams struggle to deal with the way Man City play football. Yeah, look, I don't think there's any any shame in in losing to Man City as well. As well, like look, last season we lost six one, and I know referring to previous seasons isn't the best, but it, it was an okay result tonight. I think, like you said, sort of five ten minutes after we scored, we sort of looked like we had that spring in our step. We had a bit of a boost with us, um, but that that faded quickly when the likes of Mares, Bernardo. So, like I think someone said on Twitter, it looks like they're playing with fifteen men. Even when they went down to ten men, it looked like they were playing with fifteen men. They just pop it around so so cleanly. They're just so like connected to each other they all know what yeah. each other's going to do you just don't really get that vibe from Villa like when we got the ball in the first half it was sort of panic stations and a misplaced pass there is kicking out for a throw in our passing tonight was was really poor I think Troy away was guilty um, of that quite a bit just these just not being sharp and not being on it and then when you play a side like Man City you have to be at the top of your game we just weren't we weren't at that tonight and it's disappointing I know but we just got to go again on on Sunday and hopefully beat them up yeah, Neil, so many players they've got that are good in tight spaces and we're obviously missing our one player that's absolutely exceptional in, in tight spaces. Again, I just come back to the different planet thing that they're so well drilled. I mean, they, they like Maxes, they know exactly where each other are going to be. They fizz every pass in. They, the first touch is, is always bang on and Villa just couldn't live with that, could they? It's almost as, like, it's almost as if all their players cost 50 million. You know, know. it's bizarre, it's, it's isn't all... it? <laughs> No, but that and look, that is look. We we're in we're in a, a week whereby, you know, I certainly have taken the moral high ground as being a fan of a club that didn't want to break away for the Super League. But um, you know, I mean, the, we weren't the, we weren't invited. But yeah, well, well, we weren't invited. Yeah, exactly. But I I've been to many a party. I wasn't invited to Dan. It it didn't stop me from making an impression. Um, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's just one of those things whereby. Um, like the chasm in football finances are there already, and the chasm in football is is there. You know that, but that's what that's why we've been given out all week is because of the beauty of it. That you know, on any given day, Villa can go out and beat a Liverpool seven two, or you know, maybe today it could have been different and a different if we had Jack Grealish and and uh, you know, it's 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 why they play the games, but. The, the the financial difference and and the the options I think is what I'm trying to get at here that they have was uh, was staggering because you know we've we've said over the ten games that the Grealish has been out that you know we started off saying we're not a one man team then we kind of come to the kind of Jesus moment and said maybe we are a one man team in attack but it's not just Jack Grealish that's out it's the options were never there in the first place for for um to be able to really really kind of revitalize this attack mid-game. You're only bringing on change change of pace players. Like, you bring on Amor Gazi, he's not a grab-the-game-by-the-scruff-of-the-neck player. He did it for a month in December. You bring on Trezeguet, he did it for one game this season where he grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck, but he's very much more a disciplined wing player than he is anything else. You know, we don't have that, that real... Maverick, well, we do have that Maverick and Traore, but 
then he plays a no-look 40-yard pass across the field to somebody that isn't even in the same shirt as him. So, you know, there is just a golfing, a golfing talent, and that golfing talent is brought, in, brought about by the financial differences between the two clubs. But that's not saying this. That, that's, that's taking the whole thing out of context because Manchester City are, what, they're 12, 13 years in, into, the, into their project, and Aston Villa are really 18 months to two years into their project. So we're at different stages in our projects too as well. And I think when you look at kind of the the, the clubs that were looking to break away, they all felt that they were maybe coming to, they were established in the middle of their project, maybe bar, bar Arsenal. But I'm hopeful for Aston Villa. I really am for this coming, for this coming transfer window, as you know me. And uh, I think that we can close the gap because... We're not a million miles away from the majority of clubs in the Premier League, as we've shown a lot of times this season. Um, and when I say majority of clubs, I don't think we're a million miles away from Leicester. I don't think we're a million miles away from even Manchester United. It's really just Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, I think, with the with the class of players. And, and Liverpool's squad isn't getting any younger either. So um, that's where I've come down on this, is that, yes, they had fantastic players that would pass the ball around, but they're... They're, they're seasoned and they, they, they all have been, um, you know, cherry-picked to play that system too as well. And Aston Villa will get there at some stage too. Yeah, Max, again, I'll come back to the graphics popping up on the, on the Sky Sports screen. I feel like every time the graphic about the clean sheets and Martinez is so close to getting his clean sheet records, we, we go and concede. I, I discount the first goal. I, I think I think it's good play, although there's obviously things Villa could have yeah. done better. But a rare mistake from Martinez again, isn't it? No, I say again, he hasn't made. He's barely made a mistake all season, but he just shouldn't be coming for that, should he? Yeah, I think the only sort of game or mistake I, I can remember him having was the West Ham game where he made a couple in the last 10 minutes. But apart from that, look, he's been our probably best player this season, so you can't have a go him too much. I saw a few people having a go at Mings for that second goal, but absolutely no chance. I just think, yeah. you, you could hear the call, I think, in when you were watching it live, you could hear the call from a goalkeeper saying keepers or whatever, but he was just, he was just nowhere near. And I think it's just that lapse of concentration just wasn't quite going to get there. But... Yeah, look, it, it, it was his fault. It was a rare mistake. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? And that, I think it was just out of our reach at that point. Okay, when it, when they went down to 10 and we made the change at halftime, which I think was a sensible one. I think we haven't seen yeah, him. Yeah, we, we've only seen sort of five, 10 minutes of Keenan Davis. I thought it was something different to go to up top, him and Watkins at halftime. I, I quite like that. Um, it's just something different, isn't it? Because if, if you bring on Keenan Davis with 10 minutes to go, you bring on El Ghazi with 20 minutes to go, it's the same and we know it doesn't work. Um, so I rated the changes at halftime. I thought Jacob Ramsey didn't have too much of an impact on the game and went off at halftime, but he was he was no worse than Ross Barkley when he came on. He frustrated me and probably a lot of other Villa fans as well because uh, he's just so frustrating to watch. I think that was an occasion um, towards, it might have been you know, sort of 15, 20 minutes to go where there, there was a ball played down the line and it's his man who's gone running and he's seen him, he's turned and seen him run. And does he go and sprint after him? No, he just sort of just stands there and it's just so frustrating to watch. Because um, you've got a player like Ross Barkley and he's come from a you know Chelsea and he should be proving a point. You know, there was all this talk about um him in the England squad at the, the start of the season, Dino saying he would get him in there. But when he's playing like that, Dino hasn't got a chance. And uh, I don't want to seem like I'm picking on Ross Barkley, but I don't think anyone was good tonight. But he's he's just one of them that stuck out to me. I just thought he was a, a I, I don't think on the ball he was any worse than any other Villa midfielder, if I'm being yeah, honest. But if, if, you ask, 
Yeah, if you're asking him to trap men, it's never, ever been his game. It's never mm. been something that he's done. Mm. To be honest, I thought it was quite strange bringing him on to play, play on the left. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure that we were ever going to get anything different from, from making that substitution. But as I say, on the ball, I thought midfield was quite lacklustre with the ball at the feet all night. Sending off, Neil, the John Stone sending off. I mean, it's a 1,000% a yeah. red card Definitely. for me. I mean, Carl Walker got away with one. I don't think it was a red card, but he knocked, knocked Ramsey over in the first half as well. And I mm-hmm. couldn't believe that didn't get given as a free kick. The ref looked at it. Pep, Pep's gone wild, probably talking about juggling balls in Spanish about the officials. But it is a, it's, a, it's a red card every day of the week. I mean, I've had two players sent off in my fantasy team this weekend, Dawson and Stone. So, yeah, it was t- typical of that. But at the time, I didn't really mind. Absolutely, definite, definite red card. Definite red card. Um, I can't remember who got the road for basically whoever was playing Spur or playing Man City last week, and they referenced it in commentary as well. Got 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 the road for something very very similar. Um, so I I thought it was a red card in actual real time. I thought it might have been a red card the way that he caught him as well. And uh, I thought it was a bad Always looks worse. Always looks worse on the slow motion. It it does. I, I I think it was just the area of pitch or something. The fact that Jacob Ramsey had a run in him that I kind of felt when he tackled him. I went, I think this is a red. And then I kind of convinced myself that the ref was going to bottle it because um, he was a bit reactive. I think uh, throughout the course of the game tonight, but um, he that strange free kick in the first half where he waited yeah. about ten seconds until the Man City player had rolled around a bit and then decided it was a free kick. Oh, that was weird. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a couple of those ones, all right, where he looked for the reaction. Laporte, where uh, Kanza goes up and heads uh, in their area. Kanza goes up. Yeah, he had his uh, he had his arm out, but he was off the ground. Laporte wasn't. Laporte then goes down holding his face and he gives a free out, you know? So little things like that. But look, he wasn't the reason we lost. But um, it was a definite red card. Absolute definite red card for me. Once you see it back, I think he had had no decision to make other, other than the one that he made. Yeah, and we had the, the positive change, as you say, Max. We we hit two up front, which, again, are, are the same. I, I thought that was a, a really good call. And Keenan perhaps should have done better from the, the Ross Barkley corner. I might be getting the timeline out of whack here. I, can't remember. I think it was before the sending off, but Barkley whipped in a, a pretty good corner, I, I would say. Well, to be honest, it's been about a year since we whipped in a good set piece. We haven't put a good set piece in for a good, for a good, for a good few months and perhaps should have done better with that header. Yeah, it did it the first man, but luckily the first man was Keenan Davis. So, yeah, it was a difficult one, wasn't it? Because it was sort of a, a flick header. Um, but, yeah, it was a difficult one with Keenan Davis. Unfortunately, against a side like Man City, he's not going to get all that many chances. I'd like to see him get that sort of chance against a lesser side, maybe, if he comes on half-time against Albion on Sunday, um, something like that. But going on the sending off, I, I thought the John Stones one, it looked worse in, in normal time because the... the just the force that he goes in. There's absolutely mm. no need to do it, especially where he is on the pitch. He's on the halfway line. Okay, Villa on the attack and Man City haven't got too many bodies back, but it was just just bizarre why he's gone in like that um, in such force as well. Um, but I'm sure we'll come on to the, uh, the Matty Cash one as well, which is pure stupidity from him. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Super League clubs don't like clubs like Villa having having any advantage. And Villa, to be honest, did them a favour. Matty Cash didn't they, Neil? And it's a silly, silly sending off. And from that point on, you just think, well, it's going to fizzle out and they're going to win 2-1. And that's exactly what happened. It's strange for Matty Cash because he's I don't really associate him with being rash. It was the positioning, once again, of the field. In the field where he gives away the free. That's the thing that gets me. So the first one... Yeah, he gets booked in the 53rd minute. To be honest with you, I didn't. I don't even remember what he got booked for in the 53rd minute. I don't even really remember that call. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure what, what that one was. But the second one, you know, uh, I guess Foden does have the freedom of the left flank uh, to himself, you know, if he gets past Matty Cash. But, you know, you're following him in his own half. You, you, you've just been yellow carded. For me, it was, um, yeah, it, it was it was a lapse of lapse of concentration. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to call it a lapse of concentration from him. Um, maybe, I, I, I don't know, maybe he thought he'd get away with it, with, with it following him in that part part of the field but uh he didn't and he got red carded and i'm sure look he's a big boy he's uh he's not one to shy away from me he didn't shy away from it when uh, he gave away the penalty against uh harry kane which was you know uh, it was just one of those ones another bizarre penalty that, have been, that has been given against aston villa but i'm sure he won't shy away from this and he's going to come out we, i'm sure we see something on instagram before the end of the night tonight and uh you know he's look uh, once again Maddie Ka- Cash being sent off isn't the reason that we lost this game, but it might be the reason we didn't draw it or win it. So I think that uh, I, I think I'm I think I'm probably being overly optimistic or too overly kind of uh, fair to him there because it was such a silly challenge. But uh, you know you come up against Manchester City and 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 it was a strange type of a game that that, that was played tonight. And uh, you know Maddie Cash getting sent off, as I say, isn't the reason we lost, but it it, it is the reason that we didn't draw. Or, or win this game tonight. Yeah, it kind of stopped us from really troubling them and, and giving them a gain. The, the extra man, obviously, it's a it's something you really you, you could take advantage against Man City. Mm. You need every advantage you can get against them, but we kind of lost any any momentum that we had, didn't we, Max, when he went off? Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, when they go down to 10, you're thinking, okay, we might have a chance here. And I know Villa, since we got promoted, when the other team go down, go down, goes down to 10, you're thinking, okay, right, they're just going to win this now because we, we just can't function against 10 men. But yeah, as fans, when we go down to 10, you think, right, okay, that's it. So if we're thinking that, that the, the players are going to think that as well. And it, it it was silly and hopefully he'll learn from it because why why he's going to ground like that when he's nowhere near the ball? He's probably just frustrated with Phil Foden because he's running rings round, round him, which is, which is fair enough. But going down um, to ground like that is, is just bizarre. But... It uh, looks like, I don't know, would you bring in Elmo for next game? Or, no, Kessler's been doing well in the uh, youth sides, hasn't he? So, you, you might get a chance, which might be good to see. But against against Albion, who knows? At this point, I'd probably be playing Kessler just because I think he's going to get into the Villa first team and around it. At some point, we yeah. know Elmo's probably not going to be here next season. That's the annoying thing for Cash, him not being there on Sunday. Because we, we could do with a win. The, the season is mm. fizzling. A little bit. I mean, okay, we've lost the last two games to Liverpool and Man City. It's, it's certainly no crisis. It's no disaster. But the season is petering out a bit. And West Brom, they they have to win on Sunday. They're, they're doing well at the moment. They've won the last couple of games, I think, and they've, they've looked quite good. They've got some handy players, but they're they're coming up against us now as not not the favourite, but they're the ones that have got that little bit of momentum now. So Villa have already got the best player missing. We don't need anyone else missing. Their low mate Cash has been so consistent all season. So I think the, the more annoying thing. Is that he won't be there on 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 Sunday now playing against West Brom because that that is going to be a tough game now. I mean, I'd love to carry on talking about the game tonight, but actually after the point of the sending off, I don't remember too much else happening that, that we could discuss. So we go to Sunday now, Neil and West Brom. As I say, they've, they've got a little bit of momentum and Villa are kind of dwindling a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I genuinely don't know what to expect on Sunday. Um, I would expect something a small bit more attack minded than what we got tonight. Uh, I I would go with Kane Hayden Kessler. I really like the look of him. You know, I've watched more under twenty threes and under eighteens football over the last six weeks than uh, than I have in quite a while, just because of the brilliant uh, you know coverage that they've had. Really, with the yeah. the Villa Foundation stuff, it was really good. And yeah, it's uh, been good. 
I, I, I might be a magpie to them because whenever I watch them or because I've been watching them more and more recently, they've, they haven't been winning that much recently. But uh, there's been some good performances there. That's the thing. You know, Louis Barry has been has been playing really well up there. Uh, we've seen, been seeing Wesley get a couple of minutes. I don't think he's going to be fit and, and in there for Saturday. You never know, though. He could be. He might be on the bench. Might be a bench option here because this is a kind of a team that he could. We we could do with a bit of a bully up there, you know, to to bring on for 10, 15 minutes. But might be a bit too early for him. I I know I'm probably being a bit knee jerk, but I probably would play. I, I would like to see Kane Hayden Kessler against West Brom. I think it's a. I think it's a good game for him. You know, as mm-hmm. you said, Elmo Elmo may not be here next year. You'd have to think he isn't going to be here at 34 years of age. You know, with the with the demographic, the age demographic of the rest of the team, and I know you need leaders, but um, you're also going to need to to rely on the kids coming up through the youth system too. And uh, he's one of the the more coveted players in our youth system, um, Kane Hayden Kessler. So, you know, this 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 is the type of game you can bring him in because I know we need a win for our morale, um, but we also need to start seeing what these guys can do. And, and, uh, and I guess West Brom, I think is, is a good opportunity for a right back like that, because there is plenty of experience in that back four as it is. And I'd be all for playing him there. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got nothing to play for really now this season. And you're, you're bringing him into a defense that's been pretty settled all season that knows what they're doing. It's not like you're sending him into a, into a car crash situation where the defense is all over the place. You know, I think, I think it's a good time to play him on Sunday. I'm like you, I don't think Elmo's going to be there next season i think it would be a good one to, to put him in let's let's see what he's all about let's see if he, he sinks or swims again against a team that's probably going to be relegated yes it's a, it's a local derby but i really think it's probably a good one to throw him in max anything anything that impressed you tonight that, you, that you'd like to talk about Any, anything going into sunder um anything that impressed me probably not based based on that i think I think Consa was good again. He's always he always finds himself in the right place at the right time, doesn't he? He's always there to make a clearance or make a block. Um, Mings is always the one who sort of goes out to make an impression, and Consa's always there sweeping up, making clearances. So I think he was a positive tonight. But the Albion game does worry me a tiny bit. You know, I think it is a little bit late for their sort of resurrection with the last two wins. I think that Chelsea one where they won. Uh, 5-2 at Stamford Bridge. That was just a freak result. Okay, they were brilliant, but but they beat Southampton 3-0 as well in their last game. So they're they're, they're coming into a little bit of form. So it will be a difficult one, especially they've got a point to prove. Okay, like I said, I think it's a little bit too late for them, but they've just got to go for it now. And like you said, we haven't really got anything to play for. Um, So I think West Brom will be the side probably most up for it. But like it's a local derby, isn't it? So um, we never know, and hopefully we can get the the much-needed win. Yeah, I'm pretty concerned because I feel like the last three times I've watched West Brom, they've won, which is a little bit of concern. Obviously, the first time watching this season probably was against Villa when we won, but we're just a bit of a different outfit to what we were. Then that was when we were really had the momentum. That was when we really looked a good side. We were probably everyone's second team at that point because we we were such a good watch, Neil. But it's kind of we're going into this one on on Sunday now a little bit concerned, like Max says. Yeah, we're concerned because the you know no one wants to really admit that the that the year is fizzling out. I know that's a that's that's a classic uh, Dolan term uh, that he didn't want the league to fizzle out, but 
Um, and I certainly didn't want to admit it, but uh, there's still time to pick it back up. There is, there, there absolutely, there is. So, and that's what I'm getting at here is that you know a result against West Brom could kick it off again, and you know 50 points is a result for this club. Absolute 100 is 50 points is a massive is a massive haul for this club this year, regardless of what happens. And the win against West Brom puts us one win away from 50 points. So, um, I I, I think we need to go going home for this game and just kind of, um, you know. Play for it, you know, play for, play for this game and, and, and try and play ourselves into a small bit of form. Dean Smith was big about that around the turn of the year as well, about playing ourselves back into form. And uh, and that's why he was giving people like Ross Barkley more and more minutes, even though everybody was calling for him to be dropped. So, um, you know, let's 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 go out and go at it. And I, I'm not worried, as, as you said, I wouldn't be worried about this game. And even if we did lose, I wouldn't really be, I wouldn't be too worried about it because the, the initial goal of safety is there. But um, I think, I think for the club and for the players themselves and for Dean Smith that, you know, they, they have to win it themselves. You know, they have to win it because it's a, uh, it's going to be one of the few chances that, that I think that they will have in the running for them to, to have, to go and put on a show. Want to put on some sort of show, I think. And what, what better time to do it than in a uh, derby? Yeah, I bloody hope we do win on Sunday. God, we've got, got to wait for it as well. I've got to wait all through, all, through the, all through the weekend to get to that point of playing that game as well, such as the way the fixtures are nowadays. I think that does us for tonight's show. Thanks ever so much. I can't, can't even talk anymore. It's getting late. Thanks ever so much to Max and thanks ever so much to Neil for joining us on the Villa View post-match point this evening in association with Purity. Don't forget, if you go and use the code hashtag VillaView, you'll be able to get 10% off all those Villa kegs, all the Villa glasses, all the Villa stuff that Purity do, and all their other excellent beers and ales and drink paraphernalia as well. So, yeah, use that code hashtag VillaView and you'll get yourself 10% off. Probably be doing a match preview as well at some point before the weekend. You'll have noticed we've banned Olin from the show tonight because of his terrible, terrible internet connection. So if he can get that sorted, he might be joining us again, but he's on a bit of a sabbatical at the moment until he gets his internet sorted because last night was an absolute disgrace. Thanks again to the guys and thanks to you guys for watching as well. Only one thing left to say, up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.